Psalms chapter 19. If you're there, would you say amen? amen. All right, let me read verse 1, and then we'll go down through this. Verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the Son, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. His going forth is from the end of the heaven, and his circuit unto the ends of it, and there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great, transgress uh, the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. What great verses tonight. And you may be sitting there thinking, you know, uh, I kind of got some of that, but I don't understand what all that has to do with us. Well, leave your Bibles open, and let's see if we can't figure all this out. All right, let's pray. Father, bless your word tonight and speak to our hearts from the Bible. Teach us something from the great, this great Psalms, Psalms chapter 19, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been with us recently in our Wednesday evening services, then you will recall that we are currently making our way through the Old Testament book of Psalms in a series of messages that I've entitled Preaching Through the Psalms. Tonight brings us all the way up to the 19th division, or the, we would say the 19th chapter of the, of the book of Psalms. Now again, we find a little bit of information regarding this psalm in the superscription that's right under uh, Psalms 19. And as we look at that superscription, we come to understand that once again we're dealing with a psalm of David. David is the author of these words. Now, of course, when I say that, well, you and I know the Holy Spirit is the actual author of these words. David is just the human instrument that the Holy Spirit used to pen these words. But although we are told that David is the author of this psalm, we're not told exactly when he put pen to paper. We're not told exactly when he wrote this particular psalm. I don't know if it was when he was just a boy out watching his father's sheep in a nearby field to the town of Bethlehem. And as he, uh, as he uh, uh, went off to sleep that night, perhaps out uh, underneath the, uh, the, the canvas of the night sky, he staggered as he looks at the enormity of the infinite space. 
I don't know if it was then as just a young boy that he penned these words. I don't know if he was on the run from King Saul and lay in the mouth of a cave somewhere and he found himself in awe and in ma- uh, uh, at the magnitude of God's power and God's greatness. I don't know if he was on the run from Absalom and once again found himself in a situation similar to the, as he was in the days of Saul. And one morning while out on the slopes of the Mount of Olives, he looked up as the sun began to rise out of its chambers. And once again, he was reminded of the greatness of God. You know, the truth of the matter is nobody really knows when David penned these words. About the only thing we can be sure of is the fact that David is the writer and he seems to be amazed at the great God that you and I are are serving. And uh, he seems to be amazed that that great God would want anything to do with a little old puny man like me and like like you. So I guess maybe what this psalm is addressing, Psalms 19, perhaps is the great subject is God speaking to us today. Or maybe I should say, how does God speak to us in our world today? That's a great question. Is God still speaking in this world in which you and I are living in? And if God is speaking to us, how, how is He? What is He using today to speak to us? Well, the answer to the first question is a resounding yes. God is still speaking. God is still at work in our world today. You know, God will never leave himself without a voice in the world. And we are assured, we can have confidence in the fact that even though we're living in the last days and all kind of crazy stuff is going on, that God is still speaking in these days. And I can give you scripture to verify that. Way back, way forward in the book of Hebrews chapter 1, we read these words, God, who at sundry times and diverse manners... That simply means in different times and in different ways. He spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Now we're told in time past God spoke like this. But then we read in the next verse, but God hath in these, what days? Last days. How many of you agree with me when I say that we're living in the last days? God hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. Now I want to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God is still speaking in these last days. God has not dismissed himself from this world that he has made. God has not unplugged himself. He has not become disconnected with this world uh, and, and thrown his hands up in disgust and walked away from us. Aren't you glad for that? You see, they believed that back in the, uh, the days of Ezekiel the prophet. And there are many people who still believe that today. You see, back in Ezekiel's day, they were saying something like this right here. Then said he unto me, the iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. For they say, here's what they were saying back in Ezekiel's day, the Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. You know, there's a lot of people think the Lord has forsaken the earth in our day. There's a lot of people who think that, uh, you know, just because they get by with this or that, that God doesn't see anything anymore. But can I tell you, nothing could be farther from the truth. Can I have an amen? God has not forsaken the earth, and God still sees everything. You see, some uh, people think just because they get by with some stuff, uh, they think that God has just, just totally 
disconnected himself from us. Back in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 8, and verse number 11, we read these words, Because sinners against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of the sons of men is, set, uh, is fully set in them to do evil. They think, because they're getting by, they think God don't see, and they, don't, they think God doesn't care. Now, of course, we know, according to the Bible, that God is a long-suffering God. God is a patient God. God doesn't always settle his accounts on Fridays or Sundays as the case may be. Uh, aren't you glad that he is patient and long-suffering? But we do read this in that same chapter, two verses later, but it shall not be well with the wicked, neither shall he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he feareth not before God. You know that tells me this? God's wheels of judgment may grind slow, but they grind exceedingly small. Can I have an amen? People don't get by. I don't get by. You don't get by. I think about that verse in 1 Timothy, I think it's verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 24, where it says something to this effect. Some men's sins are open before, beforehand, going before the judgment, and some men, they follow after. That verse assures me of one thing. Man, God's going to deal with sin. It may be in this life, or it may be in the life to come, but the truth of the matter is, hey, God hasn't forsaken us, and God has not lost his sight. God still sees today. So God is speaking today, but I guess then the question becomes, how is God speaking in our day? Now, we're told back in those Hebrew verses a moment ago that in times past, he spoke this way. He spoke unto people by the prophets. And we know in the Old Testament and even in the days of the New Testament, uh, there were a variety of ways that God spoke to people. You know, back in the Old Testament, God spoke to people through dreams and through visions. In the four Gospels, we find that God spoke to people through the apostles and the disciples and the Lord Jesus himself. We find later on in the book of Acts, God was still speaking to people through visions or through dreams. But we know in these last days, God has chosen to speak to us by his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, His Son is this book right here. Jesus is not just the incarnate Word. Jesus is the inspired Word. And God is speaking to us in these days by His Son. In fact, as I look at Psalms 19, there are three different ways that God is speaking in these last days. And what I want to do tonight is move quickly through this psalm. And let me show you beginning in verse 1 and going down through verse 6, we have one way. Beginning in verse 7 and going down through about verse number 12, we have another way. And finally in verse 13 and 14, we see another way that God is speaking to people in these last days. You know, God is still saying to this world, hey, I'm here. God is still saying to this world, I have a plan. God is still saying to this world, I love you. God is still saying to this world, I want you. God is still saying to this world, sin will always cost you more than you're willing to pay. God has a message to this world in these last days. So God is speaking. You know, the real question is, I guess, are we listening? Can I have an amen? You know that guy walks around with a cell phone? Can you hear me now? You know, God is speaking. You ever no notice you, you get in some places that you don't have reception on your cell phone? Maybe you walk to the top of the hill and maybe you call somebody and you can't talk to them so you walk to the top of the hill and say, can you hear me now? 
get yourself in the right position so they can hear you? Well, let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. God is still speaking in these last days. Let me show you how this works. Look at verse 1 and going down through verse number 6. And number 1, we understand that God is speaking through infinite worlds. He's the God of creation. So God is speaking through the world that he created. Look, if you will, beginning in verse 1, and he starts talking about the heavens. And what do the heavens do? They declare the glory of God. And the firmament, the firmament, the, the surrounding heavens shows his handiwork. And, begin, and then going down from verse 2 all the way down through verse number 6, he's talking about the heavens and how the heavens are there as a testimony that God is. God is saying every night when the stars come out and twinkle and the moon and, and the sun rises the next morning, God is saying, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to tell you, I am here. I am real. Now, I've got to stop before I go any further and, and say this because I don't want to confuse anybody. There is a difference between astrology and astronomy. Sometimes if we're not careful, we get confused at those two words. But there's a huge difference between astrology and astronomy. Astrology is wrong. Astronomy is right. Astrology is the study of the stars and the constellations and heavenly bodies to find out their influence upon human affairs. Stop, wait a minute, that's wrong. We don't consult the stars to find out our destiny. We don't do that. That's wrong. We don't get up every morning and read our horoscopes. We are specifically warned in the Bible, in God's Word, to avoid that. that there, we're, we're, we're told in the Word of God that's bogus. We're told in the Word of God that's false. And as God's people, we don't look to stuff like that to find out the future. Let me read you some good verses right here in Psalms 4. I'm talking about astrology now. Astrology. Look at verse, uh, Isaiah 47, 13. Thou art wearied in the multitude of thy counsels. Let, let now the astrologers, there's that word, and the stargazers, the monthly, uh, the monthly prognosticators, stand up and save thee from these things that shall come upon thee. In other words, God said, all right, if they're real, y'all stand up and save my people. If there's anything to y'all, go ahead and stand up and take care of my people over here. But in the very next verse, here's what he said. Behold, they, the astrologies, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators. They shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal. There, there shall not be a coal to warm at, neither fire to sit. In other words, God said, you can put no stock in what these people are saying. You and I don't have to get up every morning and read some horoscope to find out what the day is going to be like. We don't have to do it. We're God's people. That is of satanic origin and is God origin, and God's people have nothing whatsoever to do with that. If you've been doing that, stop it. Can I have an amen? Hey, listen to me. It is not the stars of God that determine our destiny. It is the God of the stars that determines our destiny. We have nothing to do with astrology whatsoever. Tarot cards, Ouija boards, going to see palm readers, uh, uh, anything else along them lines, 
We're not to do that as a people of God. We're to put no stock in that. God said they're stubble, they're going to burn. They can't even warm themselves, much less warm anybody else. That's what he was saying in those verses. They can't save themselves, much less help anybody else. But now astronomy is the study of the stars. Astronomy is the study of the, of the heavens, uh, of the infinite worlds, and the God who created them. You see, all those stars and those planets that we see and those galaxies and those constellations testify to the fact that God is, that he's real, that he's there. Look, you and I got more sense to know that there's just not one day some big old explosion and voila, everything is. We know better than that. Behind the creator is a, an intelligent creator. Amen. I mean, everything happened. It's just amazing. Look, did you know something? If our planet was like Mars and we were 120,000 miles away from our sun, the average temperature on this earth would be like minus 32 below zero and we'd freeze to death. If we were like Jupiter, only 80,000 miles away from the sun, can I tell you this? Guess what? The average temperature would be 107 degrees every day and we'd burn up down here. How did we get just the right distance away for the sun to sustain life? That just didn't happen, friend. You understand there's a God who maneuvered all of that and who keeps everything up by the word of his own. He created everything that there is and hung it on nothing but his own word. God did that. So if I say it like this, the sun and the moon and the planets and the constellations and, and the galaxies are God's unmistakable, untiring, and understandable witness to the reality of God. They constantly speak on God's behalf saying, hey, I'm right here. I'm here. I did this. They're God's oldest testament. They are God's oldest testimony. You know, one of the most frequently asked questions I guess a lot of people are asked is, is this one. What about people who have never heard the name of Jesus? When they die, will they go to hell? Well, we read over in the book of Romans, chapter number 1, that God has not left himself without a witness. In other words, God has revealed himself to humanity that he is. You say, preacher, wait a minute, people aren't looking up today. You know what? That's their fault. God is speaking. If they're not listening, that's not God's fault. God is revealing himself. Listen, if they're not picking up on that revelation, that's not God's fault. God has revealed himself through the creation. And, and, and the fact of the matter is mankind can know that there is a God. And if a man dies without Jesus in his heart, guess what? Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to die and go to hell because the only way to get to heaven is through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, we understand, we come to understand that uh, people are going to uh, not be punished uh, according, uh, that people will be, their punishment will be based upon the light of knowledge that they had. If a man, uh, listen, if a man swings off a vine in the jungles of Africa, never heard the name of Jesus, and he dies and goes to hell, he won't suffer near to the degree of somebody who sits on the front row of Woodland Baptist Church and is Sunday after Sunday after Sunday pounded with the gospel and still gets up, walks away, rejecting it. Oh, friend, I'm telling you, hell is going to be hot for people like that. We believe in the degrees of punishment of hell. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Well, you can be wrong if you want to. But it is in the Word of God. 
So we come to understand that God is the God of creation. He has not left himself without a witness. God is speaking to our world today, to humanity through the infinite worlds that he created. By the way, going back to astrology, is it not amazing that the devil has taken something that God has created and the devil has warped it and twisted it into getting men to be seduced by stuff of that nature? I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, the creation testifies to the reality of God. Let's read these verses. Look at verse 2. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. In other words, what he's saying is day by day, those, the, the sun and the, and, the, and, the, and the heavens, day by day, they're saying that God is real. And night by night, they're uttering God is real. Look at verse 3. He says, there is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. There's not a place on this planet where the sun doesn't shine. There's not a place on this planet where the stars don't come out at night. And God said every day there's no place where the voice of creation is not heard. Look at verse 4. Their line is gone out through all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. In them hath he said a tabernacle for the sun. And just going on down through it, God just said, hey, the creation, the infinite world testifies to the fact that God is the God of creation. Amen and amen. But now we move from that. Now we come to verse 7 and we find out that God is not only speaking through the infinite worlds, He's the God of creation. But we also find beginning in verse number 7 that He speaks through infallible words. He's the God of revelation. You see, God, just knowing that from creation that God is real, that's not enough to get you into heaven. So what did God do? God gave us a book. God gave us his word. And God further in that word further reveals himself to us. Can I tell you something about the Bible? The Bible is not the book of the month. The Bible is the book of the ages. It is God's word. You see, creation tells us that God is, that he's powerful, that he's real, that he's almighty. But he's still beyond our ability to comprehend, so God gave us a book. God gave us the Bible that tells us what God is like. He's not just here but he's real. He's not just powerful and mighty. The Bible says, hey, this powerful and mighty God loves you. The Bible tells us that this powerful and mighty God who created everything that there is cares about you. The Bible tells us that this God who is the, who is the, who is the designer behind creation wants to be involved in our lives. God has revealed himself to us in the Word. When we come to the Word of God, we find out what God likes. We find out what he dislikes. We find out what God loves. We find out what he hates. We find out what God's will is for our life. We find out from God what his will is not for our lives. And we find all of that in the infallible word of God. Now, I'm talking about the Bible now, friend. So we move, watch this now, we move from what God has wrought in verse 1 through 6 to what God has written in verse 7 through 12. Now look at these verses as we move down through here. The Bible is the voice of God. Do you ever think about that? When you read the Bible, I mean, we're reading the voice. We're hearing the voice of God. Did you know something? When your teacher is teaching the Word of God in Sunday school, you are hearing the voice of God. When the preacher stands up, whoever it may be, behind the pulpit, and he preaches the Word of God, you are hearing the voice of God 
of God because the Bible is the voice of God. I couldn't help but notice as I moved down through these verses, begin in verse 7. Look at the virtues of the Word of God. Look at verse 7. The law of the Lord, and then we're told this is perfect. Can I tell you something about your Bible? The Word of God's perfect. Can I have it? Amen. There are no contradictions found in the Word of God. It all fits together like one big gigantic puzzle. It fits together. It's perfect. He goes on to say not only is it perfect, but he says there in verse number 2, uh, the, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Friend, it's a foundation you can base your life upon. It's a foundation of which you can stand upon. He, he goes on to say in verse number 8, the statutes of the Lord are, here's another virtue, right. Listen, you'll never do wrong doing the Word of God because the Word of God is right. And when you and I stand on what the Word has to say, guess what? It's not up for debate whether we're right or wrong. If we're standing on the Word, it's right. The Bible in these days is still right. No matter what uh, the, the opinion of society is, it's right. Look on down, verse number 8. Uh, the commandment of the Lord. Here's another virtue. It's pure. It's pure. And then it goes on to say in verse number 9, the, uh, the uh, last phrase there, the judgments of the Lord are true. Yeah, those are the virtues of the Word of God. The Bible is true, friend. You say, preacher, you really believe the Bible? I believe every bit of it's true. And can I tell you something? If I didn't believe it, it wouldn't change the fact that it is true still. I remember years ago, I saw a little sticker that somebody had in their car, and it said this. It said, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Wait a minute. I get that. Sounds good. But wait a minute. God said it. That settles it whether we believe it or not. The Bible is true. You say, preacher, you believe that whole Bible? You actually believe them people crossed that Red Sea and the water stood up? Well, the Bible is true. You actually believe, do you actually believe that Jonah was swallowed by a well? Well, the Bible is true. Do you really believe that Jesus died and rose again the third? Do you really believe that? I've never seen anybody walk away from death. Do you believe that? Well, the Bible is true. You mean to tell me you believe that Jesus is coming back someday? The Bible is true. You mean to tell me you honestly believe all that stuff in Revelation is going to happen one of these days? The Bible is true. You mean to tell me you believe you're going to fly out of heaven one day on a horse? The Bible is true. You mean to tell me you think you're going to live in a wonderful, perfect place forever and ever and ever and ever? The Bible is true. Can I have an amen? It's just true. That's the virtues, but notice the values of the Word of God. Look again, if you will, in verse number... Where does it, where's it talk about here that the Bible is precious? Uh, there's a verse in here. Let's see, verse number, uh, verse number 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. The Bible is precious. It's like, it's like honey. When you and I get in the Word of God, it's like we're taking in the sweetness of the Word of God. Can I tell you this? The Bible is protective. Look again at verse 11. By them is thy servant warned. Can I tell you something? If you'll listen to the Bible, it'll warn us and keep us, keep us out of trouble. Can I have an amen? If you and I will live by the precepts and the principles of the Word of God, God's Word will keep you out of trouble. Either the Word will keep you out of trouble or trouble will keep you out of the words. That's not the old saying. Sin will keep you from the Bible or the Bible will keep you from sin. You can protect your life. Thy Word, the Bible said the servants are warned by the Word of God. 
There's no telling what kind of mess I would have gotten myself in. I'm so glad I had a preacher that stood up and preached to me the Bible. And I'm glad I had enough sense to listen to it because it ain't no telling what I've been saved from in life simply because the Bible kept me out of a mess. It is precious. It is protective. What about this? It's profitable. Look again at verse 11. It says this, In keeping them, in the keeping of them, the Word of God, there is what? Say it with me. Great reward. Oh, friend, I'll tell you, thank God for the Bible. His infallible Word. God's speaking today. How's He doing it? Walk out here at night, look up here after a while. God said, I'm here. Get your Bible out. God said, I love you, man. But there's a third way that God is speaking. Watch this now. Not only through, I'm sorry, uh, those are all my points, converts us, cheers us, whatever. Okay. So God speaks through infinite worlds. God speaks through infallible words. Lastly, look at this one. God speaks through his incredible work. He's the God of salvation. If you look down beginning in verse 12 and uh, 13 and 14 especially, I'll tell you one way God is speaking in our world, through the lives of people that he's saved. Listen, listen to these verses. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sin. Let them not have dominion over. Then shall I be upright. I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Can I tell you something? When you and I that are saved by the grace of God, when we go out here in this world and we stay out of sin, God's using us to speak to this world. When you and I that had been saved, I mean, you know how you were and I was. I, maybe I wasn't as bad as you. Maybe you weren't as bad as me. But every last one of us in this room was as, lost, was as lost as a ball in high weeds. And when God saved us and turned our life around, and now we have a desire not to see how close we can get to sin, but how far away if we can stay away from it. God's saying, God's holding up one of his little children to God and saying, hey, y'all look right here. What I did for him, I won't do for you. God's speaking. God gets us off of dope and puts us on to hope. Hey, y'all look right here, what I did. God gets us out of the mire and puts us in the choir. Hey, y'all watch this, God said. God, uh, let's see, gets us off the bottle and puts us on the Bible. Hey, 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 God gets us out of profanity and fills our mouth with praise. God said, look right here. This is what I want to do for you too. Stay out of sin. But then watch this. Uh, when we stay in God's will, look at verse 14. Let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable. You know what that tells me? When God saves a man and that man's great desire is to be pleasing in the sight of God, to be acceptable in the sight of God, God can use that person's life to speak in these days, in this world. God is speaking today through his incredible work of salvation. So God has not left himself without a voice. Guess what? Creation says he's real. The Bible says he's real. And every time one of us gets saved and God gets us out of the, uh, the gutter of our own, uh, of our, uh, uh, God gets us out of the gutter of our own sin and cleans our life up, changes us, turns us around, God said, hey, 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 look right here. I'm here. And what I did for him, guess what? Can do for you too. God's speaking in these days. He's not left himself without a voice. He's real. He loves us. And God can save to the uttermost them that come to him. And God can change our desire. Aren't you glad God changed you when he saved you? Amen. I never did drink. 
I never have been bad to drink. You know something? I have never, and I'm not, uh, let me just say this, by the grace of God, I don't even know what beer tastes like, man. I've never had a drink of beer. I don't know, I know what it smells like. It stinks, man. It smells like garbage, don't it? it? Smells like manure. Why in the world would somebody want to put that in his mouth, which is going to destroy his brain? Why you want to put that old poison in your mouth for? You say, well, preacher, how do you think it's poison? Well, they say when you get drunk, you're intoxicated. You going to put that poison in your mouth? I've never bad drink. Can I tell you this? I'm bragging on God's good. I don't even know what it's like to smoke a cigarette. I'd never have smoked a cigarette. Now, I took a chew of tobacco one time. Man, I got drunk and dizzy and nauseated. Oh, my, I swallowed some of that juice. Man, I was standing, I've, I've never smoked. I've never took a drink of beer. I've never, I've never smoked marijuana. I don't know what that's like. I've never put something in my veins and tied a rubber band around my brain, uh, my, my veins and shot drugs. I don't know what none of that's like. But I tell you this, friend, I was going to the same hell everybody else that did that, that let's go into. And God changed my life. And now my desire is, Lord, let the words of my mouth let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God said, look right here. I did this. You think about you, though. You that were bad to drink and do drugs and lay around. And, I mean, that was your life. And God saved you and turned you. God said, look, look right here. Boy, I'll tell you what. I can not only save the man that's never done that before, but thank God I can save the man that has done that before. I can turn around. Y'all look now. Here he is. And God is speaking through his incredible work. God is speaking. Are we listening? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father.